Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. All right. Hello. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Uh, it's another Thursday night. And, uh, well, unfortunately, it will be the last Thursday night for a little while. As uh, I will, this will be my last live broadcast that I'll be having for, well, let's just say for the foreseeable future. Not sure when the next live one will be. Um, of course, I'll still be posting videos um, while on deployment whenever I get the chance. Um, and as far as going live, I don't know. I think there's going to be um, not a whole lot of opportunities for that. And it just depends on where I'm at and how well the internet is working at that location. Hey, um, if you're watching live, um, let me know you're all here. If you're on Facebook, I've already seen uh, Sister Susie already sign in. Uh, Brother Dave is here, Sister Janet. And, uh, of course, my wife is uh, also logged in and watching over there on Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know you're here. And uh, let's drop a comment if you would, please. And then um, be sure to be subscribing if you haven't already done so. Tell all your friends. Make sure you share it. On Facebook, it's really easy to share. And on YouTube, it's going to have to be by word of mouth. Just drop the name of the channel every once in a while, uh, wherever, whatever you're watching or something like that. It's a good way to see if we can get some traffic coming down through this way. So, all right. So, um, looking over at YouTube, Facebook, we got, yep, YouTube sounds great and Facebook too. Well, thank you, Brother Dave. My sound engineer from over there in Louisiana. Sister Dana is here. Hello. That's my sister-in-law up there in the uh, great state of Indiana. So good to see everybody starting to join. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're finishing up. Hey, Greg Hansen, Brother Greg over there on YouTube. A lot of people are already starting to uh, check in. I like it. Um, it helps... Uh, boost my confidence just a tad bit that they're, I'm not talking out into space. So there's people here. That's good. We're going to finish up the book of First Corinthians tonight. Um, I didn't plan it this way. It's just, you know, just the way it goes. Uh, finished up Ephesians with the uh, local uh, body of believers that I gather with on uh, over in Slidell. We finished up Ephesians last Sunday, and I think this Sunday we're going to just kind of touch on a few things and have a question and answer. So if you're watching and you gather over there at Community, please be ready for some questions. So Brother Dave's got me on the big screen on YouTube. Fantastic. All right. So like I said, we're going to finish up 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 16. We're going to finish up 1 Corinthians uh, with chapter 16, I should say. Uh, real quick, we're going to plug all the podcast uh, channels or the pa the platforms, at least, that this one channel is on. Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. I know it's a very long title, but I had to go with that. And uh, you you just have to type that in to anywhere you get your podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, um, you should find Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. If you don't find it on your podcast platform or whatever you like to listen to, and uh, please drop me a line. And uh, what's the best way to get a hold of me? Well, none other than good old-fashioned email. You can email me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And I will get back to you. And if you're, if I'm not on one of those platforms, you just let me know. All right. So as we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 16, is there any other announcements? I don't think so. That's about it. I told everybody last week I had a good report on um, the scans that they did on my heart uh, that was having some issues. I'm still having some issues, uh, but it's, it could be more just uh, a lot of things are going on. But um, every once in a while, I'll, I'll get a little bit of an episode, but uh, not too bad. And uh, But uh, they checked it out, and it's nothing physical is what they can find out. So that's great news. So um, that was a little bit uh, concerning, but um, 
things are going well there. Of course, uh, I'm not looking forward to leaving my family, and uh, this will be number eight or nine. It's kind of a debate in the house right now. Like seven or eight for being married, and then eight or nine, something like that, uh, deployments that I've been on in over 20 years of being in uh, the Navy in the Seabees. And uh, this, I believe, is my last one. If And by I say I believe, I mean that this is my last deployment. And so I'm looking forward to getting out, getting done with uh, the deployment, getting back here, and uh, moving on with another phase of our, of our lives, so to speak. Uh, of course, always looking for the imminent return of Jesus Christ, most importantly. Uh, but you just got to prepare. Like, if, if he does not return, we, we have to be occupying till he comes. So um, that's what I'm trying to do. And uh, so be in prayer for that, uh, that uh, as my family will be, um, you know, here by themselves. Of course, we, we're in constant communication. We've, we've learned how to deal with all that stuff, but it's not the same. So, and, um, of course, my babies are a little bit older now, four and three, so they're starting to figure it out. But I'm just, you know, I'm on a long trip. Man, I'll be right back, and uh, they're starting to understand. Brother Aaron, here, bro. It's good to see you, at least digitally. Can't wait to see you face-to-face. Hopefully soon, after I get back off deployment, we'll make a trip up there and see everybody. All right. Said all that to say this, let's get started. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. The reason why I like the first letter to the church in, uh, churches around Corinth is because it hits so much um, practicality or practical things for us, the body of Christ. Um, some people call it the church age or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, here, for now, the body of Christ, where we get our example. The Apostle Paul is writing a um, local body of believers there. He's correcting them. He's reproving them. He's um, he's talking about all these different things. There's many multiple doctrines and um, things that are covered in 1 Corinthians. And um, I guess you would say that some people may even consider some of these to be sort of like a third rail. You know, you got the... Uh, uh, the subway system, you got that third rail that's electric. You don't really want to touch it. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's no reason for that. Uh, it, it's the word of God. We should follow it and whatever it says and we should just do. That's for our things in practice. Where do we find our doctrine for today? Where do we find um, how to be the church? And I think we find this in, in these letters from the Apostle Paul. Our apostle. Something, nope, everything's good. Oh, great. Something was kind of glitching, looked like a little bit for a second there on on my recorder, but everything's working good. Amen for that. Hey, Sister Yada is also on here. I, I realize that, Sister, they will be here for your family if they need anything. I know you will, Sis. Thank you very much. All right. But anyways, like I said, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, these these letters, all Paul's letters um, are just rich with practical how to be the church, so to speak. And uh, I think a lot of times as I've gone through teaching and uh, throughout 1 Corinthians, I haven't received a lot of feedback, which is, you know, I don't know if people are maybe listening or not hearing what the Word of God is saying or as we've read through it line upon line. Um, but there are many things have been have been touched. Uh, one water baptism is it for today? We discussed that. Uh, we discussed a lot of other things. Uh, you know, marriage and and divorce and remarriage. We discussed a lot of those things that are covered within this first letter to the church at Corinth. Same thing that's going to be covered out tonight. Um, so bear with me as we'll go through another third rail of uh, Bible study. Okay, we should. You shouldn't veer away from it. It's going to talk about it, and it's giving, the subject of giving. And then we're going to talk about a few other things. Uh, getting together. Should we come together as the body of Christ? Of course we should. Uh, but that seems to be a controversial thing to say as well. The Bible, these letters from Paul, always talks about them coming together and getting together in groups, and there's offices within those groups, and so forth. It's local. It's it's physically. Um, 
you're physically able to see each other. There's a lot of that stuff. There's building up each other. There's edifying each other. You have to be able to see the uh, the individual to do that. Uh, it's not a remote thing. Uh, this right here is a me digitally telling you to get with a local body of believers, okay? Uh, this is not church. I'm not your pastor, quote-unquote. I'm not in the office of a bishop. I'm not any of those things. I'm a guy literally on social media that's encouraging encouraging you to follow the word and be about the word only and to let this mind be in you. That's it. I'm not your pastor. Okay. I don't think, uh, I think I'm preaching, so to speak, or as a, as a phrase goes, I think I'm preaching to the choir in this instance. Uh, but this is not church. So we'll talk about gathering together. That's also a controversial subject for some odd reason, even though it's very clear. Another thing we'll talk about is something fascinating to me in this passage of Scripture here, uh, as we were going to cover a little bit later on, that people, even all the problems that they had around this church and these churches and all these issues that Paul does address in 1 Corinthians, he still mentions some and talks about them being addicted to the ministry of the saints. That's a that's just a, an amazing term. An amazing, uh, it's an amazing phrase, and we're gonna we're gonna cover that. Yeah, brother Dave says I'm a, I'm a mic with a mic. That's it. That's a good way of putting it. Nothing more, nothing less. Just teaching the word, encouraging you to get with a local body of believers and edify each other, because that's what we've been commanded to do. All right, let's get started. Let's talk about the first one, giving. All right. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. First of all, context is key here. Who's Paul talking about when he talks about the saints? He's not talking about other churches as far as in Galatia or any of these other kinds of things. He's talking about the saints that were at Jerusalem. This will tell you this in a few uh, few scriptures here in a, in a few different verses. It's talking about the saints at Jerusalem. What was going on at the time? They weren't allowed to work. They weren't allowed to do anything. They had sold all they had and came together and trying to support each other, but they were running into some very hard times. There was persecution that was scattering them abroad, right? And you couldn't really work if you were one of these uh, Christ followers, so there was a lot of issues going on, and so they were taking up collections, gathering of their liberality, you know, the, the, of their abundance, and even giving out of sometimes even the just by faith, just by hey, you know, I, this is all I got, but they they're suffering more than I, and they sent these collections. So Paul's addressing this now. I want to show you um, really quickly that this is a great example of biblical giving for us today, the body of Christ, not tithing, okay? Now, again, that's a controversial kind of a statement, but it shouldn't be. The tithe was meant for the Levitical priesthood, full stop. See countless videos where I've talked about that. But it's, it's designed, the tithe was designed specifically for the Levitical priesthood in Israel during that time. We are not under operating under that law system, that Levitical law system, anymore. So should we not give anything then, Brother Mike? I didn't say that. Turn over in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. All right? We'll cover this as we get to eventually down to 2 Corinthians a little bit more into detail but you want to see what biblical giving is for us today now as the body of Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 7. The Bible states here, every man according as he purposes. Well, in his heart, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about giving. Go up a few um, verses here. Uh, verse number five, therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not uh, as of covetousness. But this I say, 
He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You have to sow in order to reap. Biblical giving. All right, keep going. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a chilful giver. If I tell you that you're commanded to do this thing or else suffer the wrath of God, that is out of constraint and uh, that's out of necessity. That's a commandment. Paul is saying here literally, sow sparingly, reap sparingly, Sow abundantly, you're going to reap abundantly. That's sowing and reaping. But I'm not to tell you that, biblically speaking, that you should give a certain percentage. That's out of necessity. That is not for us. That is not the burden of the Lord to the church, his body of Christ. That is the burden of the Lord to the nation of Israel. If you don't believe me, read the first verse of Malachi. Okay? Now, this should not be controversial, and I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be giving, because you should give. It is, you know, blessed is he that giveth. You know, it's better to give than to receive, and all these different adages that we talk about. But biblically, from our apostle, the apostle Paul, he says, so bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. So sparingly, you'll reap, bounty, uh, reap sparingly. But God loves a cheerful giver, not grudgingly or out of necessity. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. This is biblical giving. Now you say to me, well, Brother Mike, how much is that? Uh, you know, in the I get it. Okay, the Levitical priesthood, it was 10%. Well, technically, no, that was 10% of crops. But if you redeem that for money, it was actually you added a fifth part thereof. According to the Bible, that's 30%. That's 30%. I'll say it one more time. It's 30% because it's added to the tenth. That's 30%. That's what their tithe was actually to give if it was of money. All right, Brother Mike, okay, I get it. 30%. How much am I supposed Is this supposed to be 30%? I can't tell you that. As God, look at what it says again. As, as it says, every man according as he purposes in his heart. So that's between you and God, and that's as you purpose in your heart. Okay? I, I can't give you a percentage other than to say that God loveth a cheerful giver, and if God's got you, he's got your heart, he's got 100% of you. And if he tells you to give all, you give all. With this caveat in mind, if you think you're hearing voices telling you to give all your money and don't take care of your family, that violates Scripture as well. Because a man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel, Paul says. Hmm. So it shouldn't be a controversial subject, but... Like I told you, we're going to touch a couple third rails here. So now, Paul, getting back to 1 Corinthians 16, it says, concerning the collection for the saints, this happens to be a purposeful giving for the necessity, a collection for a need for the saints in, in Jerusalem. Upon the first day of the week, this is the second rail that I'm going to touch tonight for some. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. See, as God has prospered you and you purpose it in your heart, give it. Sowing and reaping, okay? That there be no gatherings when I come. Now, wait a minute. If Paul came, you know, and he came and showed up, didn't he want to take up an offering? No. Uh, Paul talks about this quite a few times, how that he didn't ask anything of anybody because he didn't want to be beholden. It wasn't about the money, even though he had every right as an apostle to take all. He even mentions this, and we'll cover this more in other passages of Scripture, but at some other time. But the point is, is that Paul, there was no order of service where we had to give every single time we came together on the first day of the week. And let's get to address that. When should we gather together? As often as you do it. We get together on a Monday, okay? Get together on a Monday. Uh, we get we decided as a group of body of believers, we get together on a Tuesday. Great. 
I think there's precedent for gathering together at the first day of the week, not only because of this passage of Scripture, but it was also seemed to be when they would celebrate the resurrection. Now, this seems kind of strange, and you're like, well, how do you know that that's what they were celebrating? But Paul literally just spent, I don't know, 58 verses. I know it's a letter. There wasn't verses back then, but 58, a very lengthy portion of the Scripture, this letter that he writes, he covers what? The resurrection. I don't know. It just seems like it makes sense. So they were gathering together. They seemed to come together on a Sunday. And then he says at the end of verse number two that there be no gatherings when I come. They weren't taking up a special love offering for him. Paul took care of himself. Interesting. Not to say that you shouldn't give. If God purposes, if you purpose it in your heart because God has given you out of your abundance and you want to sow abundantly, God has promised you will reap abundantly. Is that some sort of prosperity gospel? No. That's simple mathematics of God's math. And it's also just like if you're sowing in a field. If you sow a few seeds, you're only going to get a few in return. But if you sow abundantly, spread all the seed out there, you'll reap abundantly. And by the way, that may not be money. But the rewards and stuff may not even be a physical reward of money, but you're providing for the necessity of the saints. These people in Corinth probably never, ever met any of the, uh, the saints that were in Jerusalem, potentially. But they knew that they were struggling, and they gave out of their abundance. Fascinating. Got a lot of people, I think. Well, there's a few people, I think, that are starting to come in and spam the, on, the, on the YouTube, which is fantastic. Hi, Sarah. My, my niece, Sarah. Good to see you. I pray that you're doing good. All right, let's keep going. Verse number three. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. So even Paul said, I'm not taking this money. Whoever you deem to take this money is going to go back. And if it meet, if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now, Paul says literally, he said, look, if it shall be meet or it's 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 feasible for me to go or it's it's needful that I go, I'll go, but I'm not taking this money by myself. I'm not going to do it. That's literally what he's saying here, and he's saying those that you have approved of. Now, let me ask you a question, getting back to the second, you know, third rail, the spooky rail of gathering together as the body of Christ and people thinking that, that somehow, well, I can gather together by myself or just my family or whatever. Before you keep going down that path, let me ask you a question. How is it that we can approve of each other or understand and see the ends of people's conversation unless we're around, not around these people? I said that kind of in a backwards way, but how can I, if I'm in Corinth, how do I know who to give this money to unless I see the ends of somebody's conversation? That's quite a bit of money that I'm going to hand over to this person and trust them to make this trip from Asia Minor all the way down to Jerusalem. Well, I just believe that he's a, he's a brother in Christ. Really? You've got to see the ends of people's conversation. How do you know those that are following, as uh, Paul had instructed, uh, had instructed to follow the doctrine which he had given to them? How do you know if somebody's doing that? unless you're around them. Seems to me that we're supposed to be gathering together as often as we do it, as much as you can do it, for the edification. Well, how long should we do this for? Until we, like, arrive spiritually, you know, get more mature, and then, well, that's for the baby Christians. The They need that, that nursery, so to speak, of a lot of people around them. No, Ephesians says, until he makes you complete in him. Until the end, until the catching up, that's how often you should be doing that. You should be doing that. There's no end to that. 
getting together, gathering together as the body of Christ. Verse number four, and if it be meet, as I already read, verse number five, now will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Why would Paul, well, that's another subject for another day. Anyways. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Remember, he talks about the beast at Ephesus. And that's where he was apparently writing this from. Obviously, he's tarrying there in Ephesus, uh, the same place where, you know, he writes a letter later on to the Ephesians. But you see here that he's, he's talking about an adversary that's really confronting him. And there was, as we mentioned last week, I believe it was last week, in Acts chapter 19, uh, because he talks about the beast, fought with beasts at Ephesus. And we see that in Acts chapter 19, that there's like all sorts of trouble that's being stirred up. In fact, we can go over there real quick. Acts chapter 19, and starting in verse number 26. Here's the beast. They're not like animals. They're people acting like it, though. Acts chapter 19. Remember the great goddess Diana. And Paul was doing much, much damage to their business. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. See, really jacking with my business here, Paul. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. Look at these guys. The great goddess Diana. The same great goddess that they were the ones that they were creating. You know, they're, they're in it for the money. And they were uh, beasts, definitely at Ephesus, confronting him. And so there was many adversaries. Getting back to 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 10. Now, if Timotheus, this is, of course, Timothy, come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord, as I also do. Ye followed Paul as Paul followed Christ. Let no man, therefore, despise him. Interesting, he tells Timothy the same thing when he says, let no man despise thy youth. But conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren." Now, here's my guy, Apollos, here. As touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. I love this verse. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. Can't separate it from charity, though. Look at this term, stand fast. Oh, first and foremost, uh, first though, I found this interesting. I, I looked up the term "stand fast" and all these different kinds of things. Look at First Samuel chapter four. This is—I uh, found this fascinating. But First uh, Samuel chapter four, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. Getting back there, First Samuel chapter four. So I got a little more ways to go here. First Samuel chapter four. Now, this is the account of when the Israelites brought the Ark of the Covenant to the battle with the Philistines, and they were rejoicing. Here's the Ark of the Covenant. Now we're going to go over there and just lay waste to these wicked Philistines, right? And the Philistines hear this. Look at verse number uh, 9. No, let's start uh, in verse number 7. I just gave you kind of like the general gist of it. Verse number six, and when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was coming to the camp. And the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us. Look, at they're really shaking in their uh, sandals here. Who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? It's capitalized G plural gods. That's not a typo. Uh, oh, 
that's another subject for a different day, but they knew these three are one. And they couldn't understand it. Of course, a bunch of lost heathens over here, but they're talking about gods, plural. It's capitalized. These are the gods that smoke the Egyptians. Okay. It's just fascinating. But with all the plagues in the wilderness, now, somebody stands up here in the Philistine camp and says this, literally, and I think Paul, kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit, tells the church in Corinth here this exact same thing. I found it fascinating that the Philistines use this, and Paul would know this passage of Scripture, and he uses the terms, the same terms that these heathen were using to talk to directly to the church here. When he says, or whoever this is that stood up in the Philistine camp says, Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they've been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. Look what Paul says again. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. I just thought it was it was a uh, fascinating comparison there, that Paul uses the same kind of language talking to the body of believers there, saying, hey, essentially man up, don't forget charity. Look at the next verse. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit, excuse me, in the faith, Quit you like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. Let's look at a little bit, a couple of verses here, and we'll wrap up 1 Corinthians 16. Stand fast. Let's look at Galatians 5. Galatians 5 and verse number 1. Some things to stand in here. Verse number 1 of Galatians chapter 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stay out of the yoke of bondage. Somebody tries to put you back into, somebody's trying to try to put you into some bondage, Levitical laws and all these other kinds of things. Stand fast in the liberty. You couldn't, the law was there, as it says here, as a schoolmaster, you're not under that anymore because you have been made free, free indeed because of Christ in you who fulfilled the entire law. If you want to live by the law, Galatians talks about it here in Galatians 5. It says you're a debtor to the entire law. Do you want to live that way? Fine. Live under the entire law. Don't pick and choose the Levitical laws you want to live under. Tithe, yes. Eat shrimp, Mm, yeah, I want to eat shrimp. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to, you know, all these other kinds of things. It's a major contradiction if you're going to sit there and try to fulfill the law in one aspect of it and live rigidly by that, but at the same time, these other ones, yeah, those are gone away. Those, not so much. It's there for our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And then once in Christ, of course, there's things that we should not be doing as ambassadors. I don't think that involves what you eat. But Paul addressed that in 1 Corinthians 2. Another amazing thing. It's a fascinating thing to me that people don't want to follow the word when the word literally gives them everything on how to live. We don't live in a blind faith, folks. We have the perfect word of God preserved for us in our language. If you speak English, if you can read English, it's preserved. And by the way, he preserves his word in other languages as well. Okay? That's a different topic. But I like it that Paul is using this term, quit you like men, but he did says stand fast in the faith. Philippians chapter 1, I told you another talking about stand fast Philippians chapter 1 in verse number 27 only let your conversation your life your how you live be as it becometh the gospel of Christ that whether I come and see you or else be absent I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. It's a terrible thing, the wrath of God for those that are lost. But in Christ, it's a wonderful thing to know him 
and the power of his resurrection, and that's what we can stand fast in that faith of the gospel. Philippians chapter, we're already there, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Stand fast, stand fast, stand fast. First, excuse me, First Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 8. For now we live, if ye stand fast in the Lord. Rooted and grounded in him. I have written off to the side here, rooted and grounded in him. That's how we can stand fast. The roots go fully down into the word and are completely anchored in that. You can stand fast in the Lord. Lastly, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 15, another stand fast. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Our letter. Paul is sitting here literally telling them to stand fast. And when somebody says, I don't hold to traditions, be careful. I understand what they're trying to talk about. Traditions of man's traditions. But there are traditions to hold to. Where do we find those, Brother Mike? In Paul's letters to the church. That's what he tells them to stand fast in. He tells them in verse number 14, whereunto he called you by our gospel, our gospel, to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught. These things that were taught to faithful men, so they may be able to teach others also, as we see in 2 Timothy chapter 2, is what we have. We've been taught these traditions, this doctrine, this for the church, whether by word or our epistle. So, Paul's literally saying, if I told you this face-to-face with my words as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, telling you what Christ has told me to tell you, or I wrote you a letter. Unfortunately, we don't have the Apostle Paul speaking to us in an audible voice, bringing the words of the Lord to us. But what we do have are the letters. Written letters that have been preserved and given to us, the church, the church of the living God, the body of Christ. You can stand fast in that. But remember, let all your things be done with charity, though. Real love. Verse number 15, I beseech you, brethren, back in 1 Corinthians 16 here. I beseech you, brethren, this is the verse that I thought was, and of course this is where I titled this uh, this lesson for tonight. I beseech you, brethren, ye know uh, the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia. It means these were the first ones that were brought into the body of Christ here. They they got saved. They were born-again believers here. They, they were made new creatures in Christ, and that they have, I love this, addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That word literally means what you think it means. Fully persuaded, addicted, fully sold out. Their life literally revolved around the ministry of the saints. That's what it says. They have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Question. Once again, how would somebody know this unless they were gathering together and could see this in their life, in their fullness of their conversation, the ends of that? Not what the words they just said, but their actions. And they were talking about this house of Stephanus and all these guys, the first fruits here, that there was a change made in their life. Listen, and they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. What is the ministry of the saints? I'm glad you asked. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse number 18. Very famous passage of scripture. I talk about it all the time. And all the things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. These of the house of Stephanus were reconciled to Jesus Christ. Now look what. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. There's the ministry of the saints. What's my ministry? 
ministry of reconciliation. It says it right here. This is the one calling that we've been given. We've been called into Christ, right? You know, got it. Sealed into the day of redemption. Now what? We're given the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, 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 not imputing their trespasses unto them. That means charging them with anything that they have done, are doing, or will ever do. He's not charging them with that. He's chosen to forget that. And it says here, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, here's the ministry of the saints. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Here's another way of saying this without doing damage to the scripture here. It's great. I mean, I'm not trying to add to scriptures here, but you could finish this off with saying, be ye addicted to God. Be ye addicted to the ministry of, of the saints. So finally, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1, we could see there our prisoner, as Paul was a prisoner, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Vocation is singular. Vocation is singular. Your addiction should be singular. I really want to talk about sports, politics, all these things. You can tell some people are addicted to it. That's what consumes them. And they may not even say it consumes them, but by the ends of their conversation, it does consume a lot of people. I'm guilty of it quite often. And I have to understand and have to say, oof, mm, why am I addicted to that? That's flesh. I need to be addicted to the ministry of reconciliation. I need to be addicted to the ministry of the saints, like these brethren and sisters here of the house of Stephanus. Now, once getting back to, again, this another third rail of gathering together, should we gather together? Yes. Biblically, without a doubt, we should be coming together as bodies of believers. And it says here that ye submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Those that are laboring in the faith, those that are um, the addicted ones, that's who you should be submitting yourself unto. Well, I don't want to submit myself. That's flesh. Period. I don't want to come under subjection to anybody. I'm my own boss. Okay. If you think that you're one of the ones that have arrived, I can guarantee you 100% that you haven't. And you need to be submitting yourselves to those that are addicted to the ministry of the saints. As it says, that you submit yourselves unto such. Those, Paul says, that's who you should be submitting yourselves unto. Well, this person over here has a title. Okay. Watch you stand fast. In the faith, remember, be strong with charity. Be addicted to the ministry of the saints. Hey, why are we talking about this? Why are we so consumed with this? We should be consumed with the ministry of the saints. Look at somebody as an example. Look at somebody, look at somebody that's addicted to alcohol or drugs or it, whatever the quote-unquote addiction is, you know. They're consumed with it. Anybody that's uh, addicted to heroin or, or, or cocaine or, you know, like the, you know, the real hardcore narcotics, they have to have it to the point where they will destroy their family, those that are flesh and blood to them and closest to them, they will literally rob and steal and go all out just to get that next hit. That's addicted. That is the mentality. That is what Paul is beseeching them to know these individuals and to submit yourself to them. 
not in some sort of like, hey, I'm following this man. He's such a great so it's and such and such and such. No, follow them as they follow Christ. We don't follow people blindly and have loyalty to somebody blindly because of their title, their position, their office. We need to follow them as they follow Christ. Ooh, look at these examples. Look at this example for me. Ooh, yes. And those people, by the way, if you go and mention, hey, you're my example, they're going to be the first to tell you, oh, brother, no, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling alongside with you. Let's get together. Let's come together and edify each other. And let's, you know, walk hand in hand. Let's kneel ourselves. Let's get rooted and grounded more and more so we can both be addicted together. Not thinking somebody's more, high, more highly of themselves, but instead humbling themselves and taking on the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. All right, verse number 17. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunus and Achaeus. Achaeus? Achaeus? I don't know. I'm sorry I butchered that. For that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. I wonder what was lacking. What was wanting? That's, I think that's in Titus. Set things in order. Paul sends Titus to set things in order, that, things that were lacking, wanting. There, there was something missing. Well, Paul says he's glad that these brethren came and of this household of Stephanus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. Was it their, uh, you know, they had a special pedigree about them? Was it they had a certain amount of education? Or was it the fact that they were addicted to the ministry of the saints? The churches of Asia salute you, Aquila and Priscilla, there's those two great saints. Salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. I believe in house churches. Great. Uh, but there's still offices of the bishop and all those other kinds of things. It doesn't matter where you're gathering. You need to gather together. In true, as it's been set up, as Paul said, the traditions were passed down and you've been taught these things, not the traditions of men, but the church that was in their house. There's nothing wrong with a house church. We meet in a house. We meet in a warehouse. We meet in this building over here. We meet. It's not about the building. It's about the church. All right, Brother Dave, here you go. All the brethren greet you. Greet ye one another with a holy kiss. That was the custom of the day. So uh, this is not talking about a kiss on the mouth. It's literally the, the, the kiss on the cheeks, both sides. This is still to this day part of the culture and part of the, the, that region and elsewhere. That's where my people come from. <laughs> from you know, you still go to Italy, and they'll still be you know, blah, blah, you know, like all that kind of stuff. That's not what it's talking about. Like, hey, I can give you a big smooch on the mouth or whatever. Just greet each other, love each other. You're a part of the same body. Be of one mind. You see each other shouldn't be like, oh, here comes that guy. Greet each other with a holy kiss, if that's your custom. <laughs> there is no such custom with me, though, dudes. I, I, I'm good, all right? Shake my hand, all right? I'm a little bit even kind of with the hugs, too. I'll do it, you know, and I've learned to be a little bit more loving on the brethren. Uh, however, I'm growing into that, okay? No no kissing on my cheeks, all right? Okay. <laughs> this is the last time I'm going to get to see you guys live, you know, or be around live, so I'm, I'm a little bit silly there, but... You know what I mean. All right, verse number 21, the salutation of me, Paul, with mine own hand. Paul wrote this letter with his own hand, or maybe at least just this part where he writes it, signed Paul. You know, he had, you normally had other people that were dictating for him or writing things down as, as, he, as he spoke. All right, here's a very, uh, last couple verses here, but here's a very strong, strongly worded statement here. 
Paul wasn't adverse to this. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, any man that doesn't follow the word and the word alone, let them let him be anathema maranatha. That's essentially accursed. It's pretty strong language. My brother Aaron here says, come on, pucker up, bro. <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> All right, verse number 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. I told you, Brother Aaron, I, I'm trying. I give hugs now. Anyways, my love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's 1 Corinthians. Thank you for studying through that with me. And um, I pray that, um, I pray that, um, what's a, I, was, I almost said something and I was like, mm, should I say that? That may sound too flippant. I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say things, you know, that are just flippant, but I hope that the, that what this has done for you as it done for me is to draw me a little bit closer, give me a little bit more of the word injected into me, so to speak, so I can be more addicted I mean, I that I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but Paul uses the term addicted, so I think it's great. All right, let's go here and let's see if we can uh, look at a couple of um, see a couple comments here. I've already I've already mentioned most of them, so <clears throat> here we go. All right. Brother Dave, with a nice little emoji of Snoopy, it looks like, uh, puckering up here. Oh, Sister Janet. Well, praise the Lord. Um, so Sister Janet says here on Facebook, and again, all praise and honor and glory goes to the Lord. Having to unlearn a lot of things since I have been listening. Thank you for teaching truth. Just trying to follow the word, Sister Janet, and um, by you saying that, that's all praise and honor goes to the Lord. But uh, thank you, Sister, for the encouragement. All right, no comments over there on the YouTube stream. So all the people that were watching but not commenting, glad you joined me on YouTube. And uh, like I said, this is the last time I'll be live for a while. I mean, you may see me uh, pop up there. If you follow me um, in, in my travels and I, I show up live, it'll be at a different time, a time zone than you're used to. I know a brother over in England was talking about how he's never able to watch live because, uh, you know, the time difference. But uh, so I may be able to do something live over there. Hey. See the uh, Romans fourteen twelve. What's up, brother Michael? Sorry I'm late. That's okay. Go back and uh, watch it. We covered First Corinthians sixteen. Uh, I keep seeing these uh, these different uh, accounts. I think they're bot accounts because the words that they're spelling out. I, I don't know if it's in a different language or what. <laughs> Not, I'm not understanding that, but uh, welcome to you there, uh, uh, Romans 14, 12, and you can always go back and watch, but uh, we discussed giving, coming together as the body of Christ, and being addicted to the ministry, but uh, I kind of don't want this to end. I don't want this to end. I'm not looking forward to, uh, like I said, I'm really not looking forward to a deployment. However, it is my last one. I have to keep trying to tell myself that, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, Brother Greg here, Hanson over on here on YouTube, says trucker hugs. Yes, my brother Greg there uh, is a trucker. So thanks for the hugs, my, my brother. I appreciate that. 
you know, the, these guys that are uh, on the road and, and bringing, you know, all these goods and all these different things uh, via trucks, those guys, boy, what a life. And uh, I, I find myself getting upset sometimes driving down the road because um, one truck semi-trailer uh, tries to pass another one, and it usually takes them like 10, 15 minutes to do such. <laughs> Never really understood that, bro. So, But um, then I think about these men that are trying to provide uh, for families and everything like that and doing really hard jobs and being on the road. So... Big old hug back at you there, Brother Greg. All right. Uh, my sister-in-law, old Dana, sending kisses and hugs. I will definitely receive kisses and hugs from you, Dana. I'm the... I'm probably... I'm probably... Uh, probably the most favorite um, brother-in-law that's married to Kalisha. <clears throat> uh, thank you, Sister Susie. Uh, says, thank you, Brother Mike. I always enjoy your teaching and learn much. Praise the Lord. And unlearn, as Janet says, praying for you and your family. I'm praying for you, Sister, as you continue to deal with Brother Dave. <laughs> Anyways, it's all in love, Brother Dave. All right. I think that's it. Uh, we have a few people still watching over on YouTube and, of course, people on Facebook, but I think we're going to call it quits. So from, from me to you, thank you for joining me live. If you're watching this at, at another time um, down the road and um, uh, you see this, I encourage you to go back and watch all the uh, the videos, especially in when you know as we cover these uh, these letters, these epistles. Um, if you just try to take one chapter out of context and, and bounce back and forth, so try to watch them all if you can. And don't forget that you can always watch or excuse me, listen to on the podcast. So for those truckers that are going down the road, or you're just driving a lot, you can always download um, the podcast while you're on Wi-Fi onto your uh, your phone or something like that. And then as you're traveling down the road, you're not using up any data. And you can always listen to uh, several studies that way. I'm not going to be able to finish up all the Proverbs readings. Um, but I'm going to keep working at that. Get a few more done this, this weekend. It's just been more difficult than I thought to um, do that many produced videos. Even though it's only like three or four minutes, you would be in- incredibly surprised how much I mess up. And have to start over. So it, it takes quite a while just to uh, record that. Like I said, I, I don't know much about the man, but I have great respect for Alexander Scorby. The fact that he read the entire Bible, uh, narrating the entire Bible, reading the entire Bible, that had to have taken forever. Forever to do. So lots of respect for that because just trying to get through the book of Proverbs, goodness. Yeah, how many husbands does Kalisha have? Just the one that I know of. That's why I'm the favorite. (laughs) Anyways. That's it, folks. Loving the Lord, God bless you. Thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. And, of course, uh, if you always want to get reach out to me or get a hold of me, you can always do such at ltmbiy at yahoo.com or leave a comment below. Or you can also reach out through, like, Messenger. And if you got my phone number, text me, whatever. And um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but just drop a comment. Uh, make sure you like uh, those little, just the simple simplicity of pressing the like button on the video or something like that helps try to boost up the, the algorithms, um, that, that helps to get the, the, the message across, so to speak. I'm not monetized. And what that means is that I'm not a part of the monetization program. So even though you'll see on YouTube, they've posted, um, advertisements now on everybody's videos. But, um, the point is, is that, 
they're not these videos don't get seen up in the search bar quite a bit unless there's a lot of people liking, uh, leaving comments and 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 talking back and forth and so on and so forth. So you yeah, have very few mistakes that he he made uh, talking about Alexander Scorby. Yeah, and the, and the fact that it's very few. He had to have made many, many while recording. I have to start over. You mess up a word. You want it to be just right. And so that's what I've been trying to do. And I think I've only made it through like 12 chapters to this point. And it's taken a long time. So I'll get there. We'll get it done. That's it. Love you, Lord. God bless you. That's it. That's it for tonight. Like I said, see you when I see you live. But uh, I'll be keeping the posting uh, some videos, doing some more Let This Mind Be In You series, like uh, What's On My Mind kind of stuff. So uh, just be looking for that. And uh, the next time I see you live. I'm not sure I understand. Well, you wouldn't understand. You're a computer. So <laughs> my phone going off. Anyways, loving Lord, God bless you. I'll see you later on. Let this mind be in you. Bye for now. <laughs>